Welcome back, guys, to Wrestling Recommendations. I am your host, Eddie Shepard, along with... Uh, Travis Lasseter here, uh, taking a break from work. I'm on lunch. Yeah, this is the earliest I think we've ever recorded. Um, this is super, super early. Uh, just because I thought I was going to have to have a tooth pulled. Turns out uh, they want to do something else with it. I had an issue where a tooth broke, so uh, I took the day off, paid day off, whoop, whoop. And uh, I've been around. We, I, I cut a promo for uh, Rants from the Black Lodge, the... Uh, Metal March Madness for Metallica. Metallica rules. Same. Um, same. And you did. And then I also finally cut our ad for wrestling recommendations. Before we kind of get rolling, holy shit, I, I've been keeping you up with this, Travis. I've been posting little clips of the matches we've been covering on recommendations on my TikTok, which is Eddie J. Shepard. And like overnight, the clip I have of Undertaker, uh, the finish to the final four match, and uh, it's gotten like almost like 40,000 views now. It's, it's creeping up there. I did also post the the clip of uh, Gorilla Monsoon making the match, and it, it is already up to like 16,000 views. So that's pretty cool getting our name out there. How, how do we monetize that? I know. I'm, I'm trying. Anybody, I'm trying. Anybody, I want to quit my job some and do this. Blue Chew or <laughs> anybody want to do some Blue Chew or, you know, Me Undies or What's some of those terrible games? What's some of those terrible games? Uh, age of <sighs> age of fallen or some bullshit. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll we'll do the WWE super card, whatever you want to do. I mean, we we will we will hawk your shit unless you're a shitty independent wrestling promotion. We will not hawk your shit. No, they pay us. We'll do it. <laughs> oh, that's true. Promoters uh, so, of the year in Burger King parking lots. Oh, it's fine. Fuck them. Fuck them. So, guys, our last episode did really well was Austin versus Rock. It was, it was good going down memory lane, which now we get a kind of a flash forward to the future as we cover NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way, the main event. Neville was NXT champion taking on Sami Zayn, Tyson Kidd, and Tyler Breeze. The origins of this kind of started with our NXT podcast that we kind of abandoned to go with wrestling recommendations in this format so I'll just kind of glance over NXT really quick and kind of get you fast-forwarded to where we are, and then we'll talk about the competitors. So NXT. In February 2010, WWE debuted the NXT television program, which featured rookies from WWE's Florida-based developmental territory, FCW, competing against one another to become members of the main roster. If I'm not mistaken, Travis, the first winner I know, of course, is Wade Barrett, but was the first winner not given a title shot? I'm pretty sure they were. That's how uh, he gets his match with John Cena. Or is, is it John? No. Oh, Randy Orton at Survivor Series, and John Cena's the ref or something like that. I believe that's how he does it. I know Caval gets one when he wins because he, no, he, he does the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the original uh, NXT uh, on our original podcast, like we were saying, on the NXT Evolution. Uh, but pretty much the NXT game show version ran for five seasons. Um, and then it kind of just got phased out, and they were using it as kind of, you know, almost like superstars. Uh, beginning yeah. in May of... Uh, 2012 wwe began filming nxt at full cell university in winter park florida uh in one hour episodes we have been to winter park we've actually caught some nxt tapings and the cruiserweight classic finals uh, we were there for that it was a fun time uh in june 2012 wwe seized operating fcw and instead started running its own developmental uh events and operations exclusively out of full cell university under the nxt brand the television show would also be revamped that same month to focus ex exclusively on developmental talent. Originally, it was a web show. We talked about that on our podcast, uh, which later began uh, featuring their episodes on Hulu. And then it became exclusive to WWE on the WWE Network on uh, when it dropped in 2014. So one of the only reasons I had Hulu to begin with was uh, NXT. Yep, so you, and, you and myself, we both we both uh, started. That was our weekly thing. Uh, and it just got better and better. So now we're going to break down the competitors. Tyler Breeze. Matthew Clement was born January 19th, 1988. He trained under fellow professional wrestler Lance Storm at Storm's Wrestling Academy in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He began wrestling in 2007 and would be signed to the WWE in 2010. After signing, he made his debut for FCW on December 2nd, 
2010 at a live event as Matt Clement. The following month, he was called Mike McGrath, which lasted three months, only to be changed again to Mike Dalton in April of 2011. When we first started watching NXT, that's where we were. He uh, had a tag team with Jason Jordan feuding with the original Ascension, uh, Connor and Cameron. Yeah, because they had snuck a win out on, uh, was it Camacho and... Hunico. And Hunico, and then then they got destroyed by the Ascension, pretty much. All shall fall. (laughs) In the beginning of 2013, WWE officials informed him that to remain with WWE, he needed to get a new character. On the July 24th episode of NXT, he re-debuted with his new gimmick, Tyler Breeze, a narcissistic pretty boy obsessed with taking selfies, which was very apropos for the time. Selfies were a big thing. Selfie sticks, all that. It was later revealed that Clement himself came up with the character, with Triple H giving him the suggestion of using an iPhone to take pictures to make the character more modern. I always remember him having his music video and he having the headphones on. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. All right, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so very, very, very Shawn Michaels-esque because he did the original. Uh, well, I mean, he does Sexy Boy. I mean, Sherry does the original one, but I mean, it's very Shawn Michaels-esque. I, I remember the video too, because then they had like a behind the scenes or yeah. something, and he's gorgeous, like, he's gorgeous. like, he's like, he's like, he's like, get away from me! He's like, I'm getting prepared to sing here. <laughs> so fucking good. I highly de- uh, recommend you guys go back and watch some of those. There were some really good ones. He would feud with C.J. Parker and Xavier Woods between 2013 and 2014. On May 29th at NXT Takeover, the first Takeover, Tyler Breeze would defeat Sami Zayn in a number one contenders match. But in mid-June, he would suffer a broken finger, which kept him out of action for a month. He would receive his title shot against then-champion Adrian Neville on the August 14th episode of NXT, but was unsuccessful after Tyson Kidd interfered and caused a disqualification. You're going to start to realize a lot of these are going to start to tie into one another because we're leading right into this, and all these guys are feuding. So Tyson Kidd. TJ Wilson was born July 11th, 1980 and is known as the final graduate of the Hart Family Dungeon, training with Bret Hart. I did not know this, mm-hmm. even with our, our uh, NXT podcast. He wrestled his first match at the age of 15 for Stampede Wrestling in 1995. And at only 16 years old, he wrestled his first WWE match at a house show in Calgary, teaming against Teddy Hart and Harry Smith. Fuck you, Teddy Hart. He's still getting booked. Tyson oh, would. Oh, I, I want my uncle to pass on the name to me. One legend to a future legend. Fuck off. You're not a future legend, you cat-hugging piece of shit. Tyson Kidd would sign with the WWE in 2006, originally working for Deep South until it closed its doors and would be sent to FCW. He would make his main roster debut in 2008 as the Hart Dynasty with Harry Smith and Natalia, eventually winning the tag titles with Harry. He would begin working with NXT and would be used on both main roster shows and NXT throughout 2010 to 2013, with Tyson being used as in the main event slot to help get other developmental talent over. And he was doing a really good job at that as well. Kid would eventually become number one contender for the NXT title after defeating Tyler Breeze and Sami Zayn in a triple threat match, earning a shot against Adrian Neville at May 2014's NXT TakeOver. We just talked about that show. At TakeOver, Kid failed to win the title against Adrian Neville, and on the June 12th episode of NXT, Tyson Kidd faced Neville in a rematch for the NXT title, but also failed to win after an accidental distraction from Natalia. They started running the storyline where Natalia was costing him matches. Um, they kept calling him uh, Natty's husband. husband. Or Natty, that's, yeah, why even, he, that, that's why he starts wearing the headphones so he can drown out the Natty's husbands on the way to the ring. It's it's all pretty pretty well played out there. And yeah, then it worked Nat, out. Natty's in the back with him on the promo package during this show getting ready. And uh, he kind of like shoes her away. Yeah, because on the first, uh, I believe it's the first takeover, she wrestles Charlotte for the vacant uh, women's title. So she's on that show as well, which is kind of pretty cool. On the June 19th episode of NXT, Tyson Kidd teamed with Sami Zayn to challenge the Ascension for the NXT tag titles. Uh, But they would lose the match after Tyson Kidd walked out on Sami Zayn in the middle of the match, thus turning him heel. And now one of my favorites and super popular guys right now, Sami Zayn. Uh, I don't want to go super in-depth with a lot of his stuff because we have a lot of Sami Zayn matches on our list. So I'm just kind of giving you know some bullet points here um, to where we are now on this match for NXT. So Raimi Sebi, I believe is how you say his last name, uh, or Sabai, uh, depending on how you want to say it, was born on July 12, 1984. 
I did not know this. He was trained under Jerry Tuit and Savio Vega. Jerry Tuit was the wall of WCW fame. <sighs> Malice. Yes, of TNA fame. In, in TNA. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. I thought it was pretty I didn't know he was trained by Savio Vega at all. No, I did not know that. Yeah, I wouldn't brag about the wall, but I would brag about Savio Vega. Uh, he would actually make his wrestling debut March 1st, 2002. In July 2002, he began wrestling as El Generico, uh, where through the years he would gain no- notoriety working for multiple top independent, independent promotions, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, Chikara, Dragon Gate, Evolve, and Ring of Honor. Uh, like he I said, was El Generico? Um, what? Allegedly. Spoiler, allegedly. Spoiler, <laughs> in January 2013, Sammy signed with WWE. His NXT entering debut took place at a live event on March 7th, 2013 in Tampa, wrestling a tag team match unmasked under his real name. He would eventually settle on the ring name Sammy Zane. Zane made his television debut on the May 22nd episode of NXT. That's May 22nd, 2013. First defeating Kurt Hawkins in the opening match and then challenging and scoring an upset win over Antonio Cesaro later in the show. Cesaro was actually U.S. champion around this time. And he kept showing up in NXT and putting on banger after banger. Yes, that is true. Like he was one of the him and Tyson Kidd were highlights of the early NXT days when we started covering it on the podcast. Like they were putting on some great matches. I mean, Cesaro even put out a good match against Derek Bateman. So control your narrative. That's what he did. Control your narrative. <laughs> Hashtag Alex Riley's head bouncing off the concrete. Kylie, oh. whatever the fuck his name is, I don't remember. That's not worth talking about. On the June 12th episode of NXT, Sami Zayn suffered his first pinfall loss uh, in an NXT rematch with Cesaro. On the August 21st episode of NXT, Sami Zayn lost to Cesaro in a two out of three falls match. That match is on our list. Great fucking match. That's the match that's notorious for uh, Paul Heyman being in the back and being like, what the fuck was that when he hit that DDT through the uh, rope? Uh, you actually see it in this match we're going to watch tonight as well. Zayn moved forward uh, with a feud with Leo Kruga, and the feud culminated with Insane uh, winning a two out of three falls match on the January 1st, 2014 edition of NXT. After that, Sami Zayn's obsession with his loss to Cesaro the previous year led him to challenging Cesaro to a rematch at NXT Arrival on February 27th, which he lost. We'll talk about NXT Arrival here shortly. At the first NXT TakeOver on May 29th, we talked about a little bit ago, Sami Zayn lost a number one contenders match to Tyler Breeze. And in June 2014, Sami Zayn went on to feud with Tyson Kidd. Shortly after their feud, Zayn, Kidd, and Tyler Breeze each wanted a shot at the NXT Championship, which the champion Neville agreed to face all three in a fatal four-way match at NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way. So now, Mm -hmm. the champion... Adrian Neville, Neville or Pack, as most people like to call him now. Benjamin Satterley was born on August 22nd, 1986. He began working backyard wrestling shows at the age of 16, but would be formally trained at the age of 18. In 2004, he began wrestling under the name Pac throughout the Europe independent wrestling scene. Between 2004 and 2012, he began working the U.S. independent scene, including Chikara, Dragon Gate, PWG, Ring of Honor, uh, also a few shots with TNA and New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't remember him in TNA at all, though. So I believe that, is I when they did some tours over, like over in Europe. I think that's what it's from. Yeah, where they did those, um, like when they did the British boot camp stuff, and they were they stayed over there for a while and recorded a bunch of TV. I think sure, that's yeah. what he, I think that's when he worked it. Uh, in July 2012, he would sign a contract with the WWE, joining NXT. He made his television debut using the ring name Adrian Neville on the January 16th, 2013 episode of NXT. Really quick, I remember there was a video, and I can't remember it was one of the developers with 2K, and they were talking about like the creation suite, and they were like, you know, someone made one of our favorite wrestlers, packs one of our favorite wrestlers. I remember them them putting him over long before he got signed and showing like somebody like a created like a community creation of Pac. So um very interesting. You know, he gets signed and together he would team with Oliver Gray, forming British Ambition, and would win a tournament to crown the first ever NXT tag champions, defeating the Wyatt family in February of twenty thirteen. I remember wow. that team. I remember that team. Oliver Gray did not last, was not long for this world, but they actually had a really good tag team. They worked well together. They had a good look. Like, he's a Oliver Gray's long forgotten NXT alumni. Yeah, I believe he suffers a knee injury and he's out. And it, pretty much, he was plagued with it after that. He, we don't see a whole lot of him after that. 
Because that's when Neville and Corey Graves become a tag team. I'm about to get into that. With Gray out with Gray out injured with a torn ACL, that's what it was. Neville chose Bo Dallas as his new partner in April. On the May 8th, 2013 episode of NXT, Neville and Bo Dallas failed in their first title defense, uh, losing them to the Wyatt family. On the May 29th episode of NXT, Neville competed in, the, in an NXT Championship number one contender battle royal, making it to the final two participants, but his former partner, Bo Dallas, eliminated him to win the match. Because of this, Bo Dallas would go on to beat Big E for the NXT title. That's wild to think that Bo Dallas beat Big E. Bo I mean, sh- baby. Shenanigans, but still, like, wild. His, it, watching the very first couple episodes of NXT to, to that point, Bo Dallas had grown, and it actually became a very entertaining thing to watch. <laughs> Got a smile that goes for miles. A fist that can oh, break bricks. Oh, oh my God. God. They were terrible. Definitely go back and listen to the, the few episodes that we did of the NXT Evolution and listen to us um, talk about this. It, it, is, uh, it, is, it is wild. Neville continued his feud with the Wyatt family, eventually winning the tag titles from the Wyatt family with his new partner, as Travis mentioned earlier, Corey Graves. Neville and Graves would lose the titles to the Ascension in September 2013. That actually kicked off their crazy um, long title reign. Which ends on this show. It does. It does. Neville became the first first became the number one contender to the NXT championship in November 2013 by defeating Sami Zayn after both men had previously tied a beat-the-clock challenge. After some back-and-forth matches with Bo Dallas, they would eventually have a match at the first NXT live show, NXT Arrival, with Neville winning the first-ever ladder match to become champion. NXT Arrival is very important to the history Mm -hmm. of NXT and the WWE Network. It was the very first live show they ever put on to the WWE Network right before WrestleMania. The network dropped, I believe it was like early February. Um, I think it was like the first week of February. And then they did this show, which were pretty much like the anniversary of this show, um, is when this happened. And uh, the NXT arrival show, Sammy also wrestled, uh, we talked about it, Cesaro on that show, which was also mm-hmm. a pretty good match. Um, definitely go back and watch that one. It's interesting. It's a, it's a very important part. It was before they were called TakeOvers. It was NXT Arrival. Uh, NXT TakeOver, Neville successfully defended the NXT title against Tyson Kidd, which we kind of talked about a little bit ago. Uh, and also, as mentioned, Sammy, Tyson, and Breeze all wanted a shot at the championship. Uh, and NXT TakeOver Fatal 4 was announced for September 11th. Uh, Neville wanted to be a fighting champion and said, you all want a title shot? I will give you guys a title shot. Um, Leading up to the match, though, a couple days before then, on Monday Night Raw, an NXT showcase match took place to promote the TakeOver Fatal 4-Way match. Seeing NXT champion Adrian Neville and Sami Zayn defeat Tyson Kidd and Breeze in a tag match. Pretty fun little match. I remember watching Raw being so excited because I felt like, at this point, NXT is still the underground. Mm -hmm. Your casual wrestling fan has no idea what NXT is, and I love that because it made it feel like it was my brand. I fucking miss that. Yeah, and like they put over during the show too that they the Adrian Neville and Red Arrow uh, uh, trend worldwide during that match and after that match because they're both so impressed with Neville. And I remember that match vividly because I was like, "Holy shit!" They're putting NXT on Raw. And I thought it was like it felt like a big step for the brand trying to get more eyes on it. At the time, too, because, I mean, it was still very much in a WWE Network thing. and uh, But they were, they were getting more eyes on it that way. And they had a great match. From I watched the, the highlights and everything of it. And I remember it back in the day because Tyler Breeze eats that red arrow pretty hard. He does. He lands right on him. Yep. And and I remember it too. Like I used to always, we always used to talk about it. We used to have a Facebook group called the Wrestling Roundtable. We always talked about it around then that Raw was so long at the time with three hours, which it still is, that you could have took one NXT match and showcased it on that show to help get people familiar with people. Um, but yeah. I'm glad they didn't. Like I said, I, I I feel like NXT was always my brand. It was our brand. You know what I mean? Like to me, I felt like it was my my brand, my thing that I um, enjoy. Had. It was mine. It, and, and um, It hadn't been tainted yet. No, no. And eventually we'll, we'll get to that point. There's a lot of these matches that are in the later black and gold brand. There's even some of the new uh, NXT 2.0 brand that we have on our list as well. So I kind of look forward to um, getting to that point. But the show, Travis, 
NXT TakeOver Fatal 4-Way took place September 11th, 2014 at Full Sail University. Uh, with this being the third big event for NXT uh, and the second to have the TakeOver moniker to it. So uh, the matches that we got on this show, the NXT tag titles finally change hands as the Lucha Dragons defeat Connor and Victor as the Ascension. I uh, don't agree with that in retrospect now. Uh, I get what they were doing. The Ascension was getting ready to get called up, but they did nothing on the main roster. They should have stayed and lost to a more formidable team, I believe, I think, instead of the Lucha Dragons. Which we'll get they to cut that a terrible, as well. They cut a terrible promo after their match. I watched that first match. I was like, oh, God. It was not so good. Bad. And the thing is, uh, the Lucha Dragons, they, they played around with it because originally it was El Local and Sin Cara, which El Local was Ricardo Rodriguez, who was uh, Alberto Del Rio's ring announcer. They finally put uh, Kalisto with them. And he got called up, and he, he was a good fit for him. I thought that the, the tag team was good, but the tag division started building up around this time in NXT because no. you still had the Ascension, Lucha Dragons, the VOD villains, uh, Enzo and Cass. You had um, the Sylvester yeah. Lafour and Marcus Louis. Um, you, you had some – and then, I mean, at the time, too, you had um, – Ty Dillinger and George, Jason Jordan, Jordan were, yeah, Jason Jordan were teaming up. Um, so you had a lot of little things going on, and it's starting to build. In, the tag division starts pick, picking up around this time. I agree. It's just it's, uh, I don't know. To me, like looking back at this card, it's one of the weaker takeovers. If you look oh, back yeah. at it, it yeah. is. Uh, well, I think it's because you have most of your. I mean, I don't. I don't mean this in a bad way. Most of your bigger names that have some value to it are in the main event. I mean, you can yeah, usually like they could true. split those into two matches. Uh, you get Baron Corbin, Corbin defeating CJ Parker in 30 seconds because that's what we want to see. Um, they were trying to put over Baron Corbin, which I get it. Uh, but CJ Parker, of course, is uh, Juice Robinson. He's doing big things right now. Is he though? No, he's in. He's an aid. Hey, 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 You're right. Yeah, yeah. Technically, is he part of the Ring of Honor roster? I think he is. He is. No one so knows. He's, he's, he got an ROH title shot and didn't do any like. TV title shot and immediately lost just like everybody. They debut loses immediately in that company, but we'll rant about an AEW later. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So then we get a hair versus hair match between Enzo and more uh, against Sylvester Lafort. Sylvester Lafort does not end up getting his hair dunked uh. into the mysterious. Um, it's, it's a very Michael Hayes, like WCCW kind of match um, that they did to buddy Roberts back in the day. Um, yep. they end up getting Marcus Louis. Then he does the whole character where his head shaved and he's just weird. Um, cause I remember originally in the promos leading up to it, we get introduced to Carmela and they accidentally dump it on Carmela's dog or she works like a dog grooming. I can't remember exactly. Um, I blocked that part out of my brain, my brain. <laughs> um, but we get Enzo and Cass and it's hard to argue Enzo and Cass. They were fucking over. They were they over, been, on the main. They should have been, they should have been tag champs in NXT. And it's a shame that they never were. But like this turned, this was when uh, Marcus Louis turned into the creeper gimmick, and like he's under a bench, and like he's smiling, and then he'd be like in the locker room in a dark corner, and it just turned really, really weird. Like, it's like the really- stuff they do with Dexter Loomis, but Dexter Loomis can actually pull it off. Uh, shortly after this match, uh, we get the debut of Kenta, who now goes by Hideo Itami, and the Ascension come out and start to feed with them, which. That kind of builds up to Finn Balor debuting later on in the year uh, to team with Hideo Itami. I think that was the original plan. I think Hideo ended up getting hurt, and Finn Balor whoo, skyrocket, man. He, he was a star as soon as he came in. Yeah, uh, Kitsa just had the injury bug the entire time he was in WWE. Like He'd get on, like he no pun intended, he'd get on an ascension, and then he would get injured and have to come back again and start over. Because I remember they had the, the thing where he got attacked in the parking lot. And he, there was a couple times he just kept getting stopped and started till eventually they were, he got requested his release. Uh, he's well, had on a lot top more. of that, uh, he he hurt a lot of people. I know he he fucked up uh, Austin Aries real bad with a GTS. Uh, there was somebody else I can't think of the top of my head who he hurt. Um, I, was it one of the guys in FTR? I think it may have been. I I can't remember, but I just he just had a run of bad luck when it came to everything he was doing. At the time, and then he he also became uh, a, a casualty of the influx of talent too. Because you got to think, Kenta comes in, Finn Balor comes in, Kevin Owens comes in, yeah. And like I was going to talk about that even more so uh, when we yeah. get to the match, talking about some of the stars that kind of roll in and why NXT the 2014s kind of uh, into 2015s a, a very impactful year uh, for for NXT. Uh, we'd also get Bull Dempsey defeating Mojo Raleigh in a minute ten. <laughs> 
I love Bull Dempsey. Button. He used to retweet me all the time because I would say hashtag Bull Dempsey's belly button because um, his, his singlet was so low. Um, I used to always get a kick out of that. And God, Bill Nuts basically terrible match to be on a takeover. I'm sorry, that, dude, not good. God, I, I fast forwarded. I saw it. I was like, nope, I'm not gonna. Nope, don't even want to see that. Yeah, he. Uh, they're, they're basically they're they're building up to Bull Dempsey and Baron Corbin feuding. Bull Dempsey's not very long for the world. Much after this, um, he had a pretty good little run on ta- on like TV, building up to it. Um, they made him into like a. He kind of reminded me of, like Taz, like that. They were, they were kind of building him up mm-hmm. as like as that kind of monster, but they did nothing with it. We'd get the uh, NXT Women's Title as Charlotte defeated Bailey. Uh, Bailey super over. I love the gimmick. It was great. It still sticks with me. Her music was amazing. Um, the whole character was amazing. I, I loved it. And Charlotte still she'll, still looks normal. She before she had all the plastic surgery. I was about to say Charlotte looked. This is probably the best Charlotte looked to me because like she wasn't all plastic. And no offense, I mean that's what she wants to do. Fine, but like she looked just to me, she looked better this way. But. That was actually a great match. I watched that match. Uh, Bailey super over. That was your uh, daughter, Kaylin's fa- first favorite wrestler. Yep. You had a, she had an autographed picture hanging her wall. When she uh, still has it, she still yeah. has it hanging up. Yeah, um, uh, I remember and, and her great. with the headbands and the snap bands and stuff. Yeah, she, she so she was all over, um, which is funny because Finn was all over Finn Balor and also mm-hmm. Sami Zayn. So we actually named our son Finn after Finn Balor. At least I came up with the idea for for the name. Um, mm-hmm. During this show, we actually see a promo for Night of Champions 2014. We were at that show. It was yep. in Nashville at Bridgestone. Uh, that's the where. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean Ambrose Steph- comes back. Dean Ambrose, we thought was going to be out. We saw Sami Zayn actually there. Like he was, mm-hmm. he was willing his stuff, and I was like. Fuck, because they're they're making it seem like it was gonna be like an open challenge. And I'm like, Sami Zayn's gonna fucking debut, and he didn't. Um, and then Brock Lesnar um, and John Cena in a DQ, and Seth Rollins teases cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase. So, uh, fun little show. We had some fun at that one. Yeah. Uh, I believe Cody and Dustin are on that show. I think he's at Stardust. Then I could be wrong. He may be Stardust. I can't remember. Yeah. I know they're on the show though. Yeah. And then we get the main event, guys, which we're gonna watch here shortly. So uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break. And we're going to roll right on into this match. Next Generation Wrestling brings some of the most talked about and star-studded professional wrestlers from around the world. Based out of East Tennessee, NGW is becoming one of the most sought-after independent wrestling promotions in the past four years. Witness NGW Live or on demand on the High Spots Wrestling Network streaming app. Follow us on social media platforms at NextGenTN. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in a segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our win series, which just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right because we are the wrestling purists and we're back guys so if you want to watch along this episode with us pull up peacock app pull your cock out you'll go to the wwe tab and then you will find the nxt tab scroll down you will actually hit the takeover tab um it will be season one episode four on that takeover tab um it's funny because they kind of lump all the takeovers arrival and all the first 
couple takeovers are together in that little section. Uh, you're going to get uh, to the one hour, 29 minute and 23 second mark of this video. Uh, everyone has just been announced. Uh, bell's about to ring and uh, we'll get started. Travis, you ready, buddy? Yes, sir. Alrighty. So I'm going to say three, two, one play and we will start. So three, two, one play. All right. Something we didn't oh, see. Yeah. We already talked about Tyler Breeze music, but Fucking Sami Zayn looks like a fucking champion. Look at that tan, dude. His music at the time is yeah, fucking phenomenal. Like I could see why he tore his fucking shoulder out the way he used to come to the ring and just throw his arms up in the air like crazy. But like freaking Tyler Breeze looks like a damn star too. Dude, they all, all these look guys like stars. Yeah, all of them. They're all in phenomenal shape. I know Sami Zayn now. He's been wearing a t-shirt. Um, I like this Sami Zayn more. I like the short-haired looking Sami Zayn. I like the clean, cleaned-up beard. Dude's not an ugly dude. You know what I mean? Like, he, he definitely shouldn't have been wearing a mask for all those years. Allegedly. I will, I will say that they, they take their time with this this lockup here. It takes forever. But T Tyson Kidd, long long has been an unsung hero of NXT from the beginning episodes till now. I really hate that he wasn't in the inaugural NXT title tournament. I feel like he got replaced by Justin Gabriel. Because yeah, uh, he was in all the main feuds. At that time, at that time, yeah. Uh, this, this, this is actually like one of my favorites with his tag. Yep. And this this is coincide with his tag run with uh, Cesaro. Sorry. Yeah, yeah we'll talk about Pretty that sure around in, the same in the time. After, yeah, in the aftermath, we'll talk about that. Uh, this Sami Zayn gear is actually my favorite Sami Zayn gear. It's still in video games. You can, it's still an alternate attire you can give him. Um, I, it's my favorite one. When I think of Sami Zayn NXT, that's the gear I think of. With all the flags and stuff on it. Mm -hmm. Look at super, yeah. super cool. At this time, man, like oh, all yeah, these guys, up, like it's just, stiff ass uppercut. All these guys, like we were just saying, they look like fucking stars. Like Neville is jacked. He is fucking huge. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, you got to think they're at the performance center. They're working out every day, too. So, like, they are, uh, I mean, they're working out wrestling. That's pretty much it at the time. Yeah, you can see that with a lot of Dude, guys. I don't like once they once they get called up, you you start to notice some of them lose some of that tone just because they're on the road so much. I don't necessarily like the peak on Neville's gear, but other than that, it was kind of a weird choice for him at the time. Yeah. When did you first see this match? I watched it live. I, I was heavily invested in the black and gold brand at this time. I didn't miss an episode or a takeover or anything. Like I watched it as it happened. Yeah. This uh, is when uh, NXT, I believe it was originally on Wednesdays and then it was put on mm -hmm. Thursdays and then it was moved back to Wednesdays and now it's on Tuesdays. Um, I know they flip-flopped it a little while there. Um, this is on a Thursday. So this is really convenient for me. I'm thinking at the time, I think I was working at Hibbit when this, yeah, that would have been at Hibbit when this was going on. And, um, the cool thing about that was a well, lot of the with the network you could watch it on your phone when you're at work. We'll see. The crazy thing about takeovers at the time is that like they weren't on Saturdays. They were they were still held at the performance center. They weren't on the road. So like like they could do it anytime they really wanted to. So they just kind of took it as an extended episode of NXT and made it made it into a special event. Like that yeah. all the tapings led led to a takeover, essentially. Yeah, I know what they used to do, too, is like the next day they would do like three sets of tapings following a takeover or they would start their taping. They would do the tapings like the following Wednesday and have them all taped mm -hmm. and then they'll start airing them on that Thursday. Um, it was very smart. I, I, I really do miss Full Sail. I think if you've never been there, it, it's kind of wild when you actually do go and see what it is. But it has. It has like. I don't know. It had all that energy locked in there. Like I always talk about it with NGW shows, the, the shows we ran in the armory, that armory feels special when you go into it. Like it feels like all the energy is locked in there. That's how it felt being at um, full, uh, full sale. Well, that, that, and like, it's, it's reminiscent to the ECW arena. Like it's not as big as the ECW arena. We've, we've been there. Um, you're essentially on bleachers, but like the energy and the vibe in that place was, outstanding from the beginning of the show until the end of the show like everybody was up there's very there's very few times there was a lull in that crowd 
especially the Cruiserweight Classic and stuff, where you're seeing people you you don't regularly see on NXT or WWE TV. But oh, uh, yeah. everybody, you had your devotees that were there every week, Ooh. but like that that crowd was invested in this product. Oh yeah. And, and I think a lot of people felt the same way that we felt that this was their brand. Um, mm-hmm. I know the crowd there, they were all kind of close knit when we went there, but everybody was super welcoming when we went, like everyone yeah. was like, Hey man, what's going on? Like it, it wasn't like we were outsiders cause it was our first time being there, but a lot of people, like I said, look at it. Like it's, it was their brand. This is what they were invested in. People don't realize like how raw, I mean, it, it got worse, but Raw was three hours, and it was really hard to get through those three hours. SmackDown mm-hmm. was always kind of an afterthought. Even around this time, it was still always an afterthought. Uh, it really wasn't an afterthought until the, the brand split happened. Um, but NXT was so digestible. It was an hour long. It was from 8 to 9. They would air something else after that, and they would do like a re-airing on the network then. And you could just watch it immediately. If I had to work that night, some nights I'd have to work on a Thursday – I would come home and specifically go right onto the network. It was already on there, and I could watch it. It was super convenient. I miss I miss the WWE network part. It's cool that you have Peacock. You get all this cool shit with Peacock. But the way it was organized, the way it was set up, the layout for WWE network, it was one of the best layouts for a streaming site. Oh yeah, it was. I love WWE network. I miss it, and I miss some of the things they t- took off there, like some of the old school and and. Uh, even the even like the Coliseum videos, all the those aren't on there that that were, but I just I just did enjoyed that was it was destination viewing it was easy it was stackable content as people say like it was an hour long everything made sense the storylines flowed and you didn't see everybody every week either no. like you would have different storylines each week but then you'd get a recap video or promo package or something to carry on your storylines, but you didn't see the same people every week. They had a break. They had a rest. It was a good way to bring in new talent too. Cause you could bring a guy in like Baron Corbin and have him do a quick squash on somebody and have that for an episode. And you don't have to see him for two more weeks. Cause you already saw that. And then it happens again. Um, but you can keep getting, you know, the, the main picture done, you know, you can like take these four guys, you could do Sami Zayn versus Tyson kid one week. And then the next week do, Tyler Breeze and Neville, and then you could flip flop, and then you could have a tag match, and you could do that, and you wouldn't have to be on there every single week to progress a storyline. Or backstage promo between Sammy and Neville, Ooh. which they they did from time to time. That looked like it hurt hitting the back of his he head, on the, right in his fucking right. head. We'll say uh, that, that there's been a lot of hill hill teaming up on the the baby faces here. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, very good dynamic. It's very old school. Uh, this Tyler Breeze gear we actually get as a then now and forever figure, I believe. Uh, Tyson yep, Kidd elite. was a basic was a basic figure. Because uh, I remember I had that one. Uh, for a while there, I was collecting all NXT figures, and they put them out. So I thought it was really cool. And now we're starting to see the dissension between the two uh, as they were teaming up, and they're both trying to get the win. I will say I, I like the uh, – I like – the boot, the boot fringe for Breeze, it, it just kind of adds to his well, it adds to his character. But then when he does a move and it's like flopping around and stuff, it just looks cool. People do not put and over Ty- how Ty- crisp Tyson Kidd is, man. That that neck breaker was beautiful. I, I was about to say that I was like, just the way he moves in the ring and the moves he does, like he doesn't mess up often, and everything looks snug and 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 great, like what you would want a wrestler to look like when they're doing a move. Yeah. I will say you were talking earlier that this is kind of one of the weaker cards for a takeover. Um, the next takeover to me is one of the biggest um, influential takeovers that we've ever seen. We'll talk about it in the aftermath, but there's so much stuff that happens on that show that progresses NXT to just even further. And and that's what I liked about NXT. Everything progressed. Takeovers were used as a way to end feuds and it was used as a way typically to end feuds. I and mean, sometimes you get, you know, you know, rematches out of that and new champions were crowned. It was very seldom on NXT taping that you would get a championship that would change hands. You always expected at takeover two things, either a championship was going to change or somebody's going to get called up right after. And a lot of, th- and here, Oh, like Sammy laid his head back into that one a little bit too much, but I will say that you would get a debut 
this time you felt like you were getting a big name indie star coming in every takeover almost. Like with Hideo Tommy, and on and on, like start out fresh every after every takeover is like a reset, but not enough that it changed the landscape. Like everything flowed. Like yeah. you didn't. You just, I don't know. It, it, the way they booked it is similar to the way they're kind of doing Raw now, which I enjoy Triple H's way of booking. I guess I should say. Yeah, I have had a few nice people. Drop um, I've had a few people say some things like along the lines of like. He brought people in like Hit Row. Uh, to me, it's a miss. Um, people were saying that Bronson Reed coming in was getting no reaction, but dude's a beast, great wrestler too. Um, I think you know after Mania season, it's going to be very curious to see what they do if we do um, stick to the brand split. What's going to happen with that? And um, going on, I really uh, I'm going to go ahead and say this too. I do believe Gunther is going to lose the Intercontinental Title at Mania. He's not going to be the one that takes the pinfall, and then he wins Money in the Bank. I'm calling it right now. Yep. I will. I, I'll give you something else too, man. Bronson Reed, when they showed him in the back, it's like a digital extra or something where they were talking to where Ziggler and Ali set up their match and, and uh, Bronson Reed comes up in a suit with the glasses. Dude looks like a star and like a fucking killer. Like he would be like a badass. So like I, I'm all for Bronson Reed. Hit Row is Oof. missing its, its biggest piece. And yeah, swerve, so yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I, I, the, out of the stuff he's brought back, if that's the only miss, then I, I, I mean, Triple H's record so far has been pretty good. Um, I, I want to ask you this really quick. Tyson Kid put on a show here. Uh, he'd be they, him and Sammy have great chemistry, but I want I want to ask you this. So, I think you could possibly argue that Sammy Zayn. Signing to NXT is when the brand started to truly kind of take off. Uh, Neville debuted a few months before Sammy, but he was kind of in the tag division. But to me, when Sammy Zayn yep. came in, there was something around him, which everyone knew he was an indie guy. Everyone knew he was generico coming in. And mm -hmm. I think they started off hot with him and Cesaro going at it. Of course, you know, they've had great matches before all through, you know, ring of honor and uh, Chikara stuff like that. But I feel like that's what really set NXT into a course of where it's starting to progress. Even here where you're getting a good mixture of indie guys along with guys are trying to bring up guys like a Baron Corbin um, guys like uh the ascension stuff like that and and now you're getting oh getting um sammy zane could, could do you Oof. do you think you know that's kind of like one of the first God. big things that put them in this upward trajectory or was it just kind of a lot of things just kind of fell into place i think sammy is is a start of they're changing their mind on indie wrestling they're not trying to make everybody through NXT, which they, they had brought in some indie guys, you know, like Seth Rollins and stuff it exploded. But before Sammy came in, a lot of it was homegrown or people you hadn't really heard of. But like he was the first big indie name like Pac or Neville was was big. But like Sammy was putting on five star matches in Ring of this Honor, great. PWG, like, you. yep. Oh, oh yeah, where he steals his thunder oh, kind of thing. Yes, that was great. I, but I, I agree with that, that Sammy was the spark. And then once people saw how Sammy was treated, they're like, well, I could go to NXT and and have a chance, like Kevin Owens or or even a Finn Balor or somebody like that. I think they saw how he was being treated, and it, it brought them in you know, or, and, or and made them want to c come more. The thing that can be argued too, they just had an amazing stare down. They're still having this amazing stare down right now because uh, Neville cut off uh, Sammy to do a um, springboard top rope moonsault. Fantastic, beautiful, uh, and you're starting to get to the and point where they've been they've been friends. They've 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 been teaming mm -hmm. up, um, which arguably they could have been brought to the main roster as a tag team. I'm surprised they didn't do that, um, but I'm glad they did. Oh. I, but I was going to say, you know, you have proven track records. I mean, there's some that's not, but you've already had Cesaro. You had Claudio come to the main roster. Ooh. They fucked that spot. They were, they were going to do like a, like a poison Rana. Yeah. They still saved, saved it. it though. Um, 
they have the Poison Ron or Poison Ron. They have Cesaro. You had Tyler Black, Seth Rollins. Um, even you could go as far um, CM Punk, but I mean that's a little bit a lot a lot further. Uh, Moxley uh, as Ambrose. Um, most of the time, when you think of the bigger guys on the indies that came up, it worked out very well for them on the main roster. So you think they would take yep. that bet on some of these guys more instead of you know putting all your faith into getting you know an athlete who has maybe a 10% chance of getting wrestling compared to these guys who've been crafting themselves along the, the fucking U S and the world to me in that situation, I would want the guy who knows what the Oof. fuck they're doing and you that are, that are coachable. I don't know if that makes sense. The Moss covered three handle family credenza right there. <laughs> they hit. Um, also shout out to the commentary team here. You have Byron Saxton, Tom Phillips, who's down impact and then Renee young. Uh, and they they work really well together here, which Byron Saxon and Tom Tom Phillips always worked well together. But this is before Renee Young became ooh oh, oh the Vince McMahon Renee Young on commentary, and yeah, she actually did really well at this time. We're creeping up on Corey Graves uh, retiring and joining the commentary team too, which uh, he's a little clunky when he first starts. But all oh, this is beautiful. All oh, of that transition right in to he's trying to get him into the sharpshooter. He kicks him off. I'll, I'll tell you one that I thought had a future to be a common commentator, which is a shame mm. that he was on commentary was Alex Riley. I thought Alex Riley was, was pretty solid on commentary, but then he should have mm. been in the ring. Yeah. That's one of the I biggest agree. misses they ever, uh, they ever had. That guy was a star. One of the best, uh, uh beauty shot. Oh, beauty shot. Sell the fucking sell supermodel kick. And then Neville comes off. Beautiful. He drop kick. God. I thought Tyler Breeze should have won this match when I first watched it. I thought he Wait, was going to. There's win. a spot in this match is one of my favorite spots. I've utilized it booking NGW um, with Cody, where um, the babyface hits that babyface hits that big fucking move, and they throw them up to the outside and steal the win. I fucking love that finish. It, it just makes mm -hmm. sense. Tyler Breeze losing his shit right now is awesome. Uh, I do also love the fact that Lance Storm gives him shit all the time, and he's like, I can't believe I fucking trained you. Like, give him shit on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny as fuck. Yeah, he, I, uh, he's quality, man. Like, I just, I just thought he deserved a run with a title. Like, if he'd have been around when the North American title was around, he would have been probably the first title holder. In my opinion, yeah. I, and we said it for years. That was what NXT missed at this time. Yep. Yeah, because you easily could have. We said the, it for years. The NXT title. was missing. Um, mm -hmm. we, they were missing a mid-level title. Yeah, that's, and with them having exactly that mid-level title, you could easily put that on somebody. This even like a, like we were just talking about a Baron Corbin in that situation, um, and then it could elevate them to become bigger, and then they move on to the world title. Uh, they've kind of done that with Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is fucking phenomenal. Uh, they had a great run with the North American title. Oh, and, I love um, Carmelo Hayes. Oh, dude, it's just a matter of time before he gets called up. I think he. I think he'll get called up before uh, Braun Breaker does. Oh man, they're going to well, do. Well, they don't really have anybody spot. to take Braun Breaker's spot. No, they really it's don't. It's the bad thing right now. Ooh. They don't have anybody to take his spot. I love that he just falls a right spot on top that of them. Was starting to be overdone, but made sense here. They actually made it make more sense here. A lot of people this just is, would get to that spot and do it for spot's sake. This is around the time too. The women's division is starting to pick up. You're starting to get the four horse women are starting to show up. I believe. Um, I believe Becky Lynch was in a dark match before this show. Um, you're starting to run into, like I said, the women's revolution is truly about to kick off. And, it, and no matter what anybody says, it's not the fucking Bella twins. The women's revolution was the four horsewomen. Say what they want. I don't care. Oh, yeah. um, and then you're starting to look at it where NXT is not just becoming like, it's becoming a legit third brand. It's starting to get to that point now. And you're running into guys like, you know, they're starting to get t-shirts and shit. And, and it made me happy as a fan and be like, I can fucking support him. Like Sami Zayn has a shirt. Neville had a shirt. Everyone was starting to get shirt. Tyler Breeze had a shirt. Uh, I, I just look back so fondly on this era as it being so much fun to watch these shows. Well, that and like you, they start getting the action figures, and it's got the NXT logo on it. It doesn't have a WWE logo on it. It's got an NXT logo on it, and it just like made you feel prideful as a fan that you built this up. You helped build this up. Oh, here we go. Oh, leave a kick. Ooh. Oh, 
He like he, he goes, just like, crumples. Oh, the cell. He has like legs went jello and he just fell down. Um, here's the spot we were just talking about too. Um, Neville was has done this spot before where he would do a shooting star press, but his the back of, or the front of his calves, like his shins, would hit the person in, in the head. It's a really cool mm-hmm. spot to see. He's gonna bust it out right here. Look how Jack Neville is, man. He is so fucking jacked up. He's always Ooh. been a brick shit house. This dude. is the finish. This is this should have been the finish right here. Yep, that should have been it. One, two, kick ah. out. Crowd is fucking eating it up. They really thought Breeze was going to win it there too. And, and he's supposed to be a heel, but he is—he's so enjoyable as a heel that people loved him because, like, they would chant, uh, chant Prince Pretty and like he's, he's gorgeous, he's so go- Yeah, he's so gorgeous and all this other stuff, and like. He he got over, and he was on the verge of getting fired, and he became one of the most popular dudes in NXT. I, I gotta I, I, gotta argue because like Adam Rose was called up before Tyler Breeze was. Yeah, and he floundered when he got to the main roster. He all he was was the song and the uh, it was a gimmick and the and the and the uh, conga line or whatever. But and then once the bell rang, not so much. Yeah, the the wrestling quality is is definitely starting to go up too on the show. I mean, you're getting great matches. You know, you were getting pretty good matches before, but you're starting to get great matches. Like this is worthy of a takeover main event. Oh, oh. look at that! Oh, beautiful! Pushed him out of the way. Rubs the oh, face. He's rubbing him in the that. face. My only complaint oh, is they're no. not facing TV side. That's my only complaint. God, this match is think so probably, probably wasn't even thinking about it. It's just four guys taking- gelling really well, too, man. All these guys work so well together. Hey, person in the front row, you don't need the flash on your cell phone. There's plenty of lights in there. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, love that Neville oh, saving the title. It. He's like, I'm trying to tap. <laughs> oh. it's, then Sammy knocks him off. It was really good. Uh, the- I, I was kind of talking... I was kind of talking to man, like we're talking about Sammy being signed. By the end of 2014, Kenta, Prince Devitt, and Kevin Steen are all a part of the fucking roster. Mm-hmm. Like three of the biggest names at the time on the indies or uh, New Japan or whatever you want to call it. Not WWE talent. They were super over. And not a, and it, it, it says something that they came to... NXT and not a TNA at the time, or stayed in New Japan. I think Triple H was good at selling the fact, saying, look, we're developing this brand. Um, there's definitely opportunities here. And and he was right. The a, only bad thing is... Home base. You, you had a home base, too. Like, you didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah. You, most of these guys had apartments right down the road from the Performance Center. Um, if they did house shows, they were doing them in Florida. Um, here we go. Up, oh, exploder suplex into the corner here. We're getting close to the finish of this match already. Sami Zayn is, is super hyped up right now, and you're like, okay, he's gonna end up doing like, what's he doing? Fucking dives right on out. Fucking oh. Neville goes flying oh. over the fucking barricade. Look at the crowd. He's so dude. hyped. He's gonna hit that fucking DDT. He doesn't get it as well as he did with. Um, Cesaro. Cesaro, but it was still looks really great. And it looks like he, we're about to get a new fucking champion. Crowd's into it. They want it, too. They fucking Haluva kick. One of my favorite finishers, because you can hit it on anybody. One, two. Tyson oh. looking for Neville there to make sure. And then we realize, you know, this, we're, getting to, we're getting to the point they're going to lock eyes, because Neville has, the whole thing about this match was Neville wanted to be a fighting champion, and they've had a friendship. And he's like, dude, you fucked me. Like, I had this match won, but there's no DQ. So it's kind of like, what do you do? Yeah. And this is the beginning of the subtle Neville heel turn, too, because, like, fans are booing him right now. They're booing what just happened. Yeah. He he turns and, heel, but he doesn't turn heel in NXT. Yeah. He plays kind of a twinner. super kicks him. He see, Neville sees his opportunity here. He's going to go to the top. Red Arrow is still one of the coolest fucking finishers. I love it. He becomes the guy that will do anything to keep his belt. Which, Absolutely. Which why One, wouldn't you? two, three. Sammy tries Sammy. to come in. Oh, you can't win the big one. The crowd is forget. pissed. When they slap the hell out of each other when they're talking about you can't win the big one. 
Yeah, he, well, he just threw his Later mouthpiece on. in the air, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll get to that because that match is on our list, and hopefully we hit that match eventually because uh, that match is really good. That whole show is really good, and um, I think it's our, is it our evolution makes what it is. I think it is our evolution. Or is it Rival? No, uh, Rival is when Kevin Kevin Owens is champion. Yeah, and sure. he has one of the, the fastest rises in NXT, and then he gets called up shortly after that, so... Uh, I love that belt. We didn't talk about it, but I fucking love that title belt. Uh, I just think it was very unique at the time. And when I first saw it, I did not like it. It grew on me so much. Yep. Um, I didn't. I think it was just a staple of being different. I didn't like it to begin with either. We talked about that in our old NXT podcast, but it became like it became the belt. Like when they changed it, I didn't want to see it get changed. I had got that accustomed to it at that point. Yeah, I still I still like the NXT title belt now, but I like that one more. As uh, so we're getting the highlights of what happened in the match here, let's talk about the aftermath. Uh, the way Neville retained the championship led to tension between Neville and Zayn, and it began to put a strain on their friendship. Uh, with the loss, Sami Zayn felt the need to redeem himself as he took on and defeated Tyson Kidd, Titus O'Neil, and Tyler Breeze in the following weeks. Neville agreed to Zayn's request for a title rematch, with Zayn vowing to quit NXT if he lost. Uh, we would get that match at TakeOver Our Evolution, uh, which is on our list, and we will deep dive more into Sami Zayn and Neville's career when we cover that. Uh, Tyson Kidd would finish up with NXT shortly after and would begin teaming with Cesaro, where they would eventually win the WWE tag titles in February 2015, just a few months after this. Uh, by June 2015, though, he would suffer a career-ending injury uh, at the hands of Samoa Joe and his muscle buster, and uh, he still sadly works backstage as a uh, as a uh, producer. Puts Produ- together matches. Hell of a producer though like you could tell when it's a tyson kid match doesn't he do a lot of the women's matches as well yeah yeah he doesn't take that shit lightly like i mean if he can't wrestle he wants everyone else to be putting on a show so i commend him for that if anybody should got a job for life if anybody should have been given um we were talking about tyson or uh teddy hart earlier and should have been given the torch it should have been uh tyson kid Tyson Kidd definitely deserved oh, yeah. it. Worker, um, not a terrible talker, a great heel. I mean, he was everything, you know, a heart should be, and that would have been the guy I would have put the rocket to. Sadly, he was just a smaller dude. That's just kind of, you know, one of his crutches. Yep, that's the only thing I could see him being a, being a staple of that Intercontinental title division. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tyler Breeze would go on to feud with Hideo Itami. Finn Balor uh, would have a banger of a match uh, at TakeOver Brooklyn with Jushin Thunder Liger. Liger's only WWE match is against Tyler Breeze at TakeOver. Which which is saying something for Tyler Breeze to get that opportunity and that honor as he got the match with Liger. The only match he ever had in WWE. In a great match. I think think it's slept on just because Brooklyn's known for the – the women's match. Um, definitely need to go back and watch that one. Um, he would have his final uh, NXT t- uh, t- time ended, uh, losing to Apollo Crews at TakeOver Respect in October 2015. Uh, he would be called up to the roster a few weeks later and begin feuding with Dolph Ziggler just like everybody else does. Which, Ziggler's a good first first start out. He, he could wrestle with anyone, but he kind of got played out there for a time. And then you got Show Neville, like, you know, still celebrating with the belt, and Sami Zayn sitting there like, I had it, and you screwed me. Yeah, he had that, that on his face, like, like, what the fuck? To, yeah, uh, I did all the work, and you you took the took the took the title, pretty much. To pause this episode off, Travis, what was it about NXT that got you hooked into watching it? I mean, I think it was just the fact that it was different than the main roster. Like, we actually saw storylines play out, like they weren't like one week hot shot it or like they do something for a week and then they just forget about it and expect you to forget about it. At least if it maybe wasn't working in NXT, they would go a different branch, but they'd make it make sense. I think NXT made sense. And the fact that the wrestling and everything was good, like you didn't see many bad NXT matches. Um, and that was, that was thing like they their promo. They didn't have a lot of mic time. They did pr- promo packages backstage stuff where it was more controlled but it all made sense in the grand scheme of things and it, it's just that feeling man like you were part of something special like i felt like raw and smackdown it kind of came cookie cutter it was the same thing every week rematches they do the rematch on smackdown then they do the rematch again on raw everything was the best of three almost jr is bad for saying it says for us um 50 50 <laughs> booking 
I mean, they did a lot of 50-50 booking on Raw and SmackDown, but you didn't get that in in a NXT. You had yeah, definitive I, winners and losers in NXT. I felt like the wins meant something. And I, I agree with you completely. I just, like, we talked about it earlier, too, but, like, I think that NXT, we, we held it as our own because it was something that we could sink our teeth into. It was It was digestible. It was an hour long. You could easily get behind somebody they did a great job using promo packages uh my biggest complaint about that match is before the match there was not a promo package there should have been a cool promo oh. package for all four guys there wasn't that uh, that's my only complaint um but everything well, was always so smooth with these guys the they did they did many packages on each guy throughout the show but i still would have liked a like you said an entailing like of how we got here promo package like they did everybody else or yeah, did every other match. We, like, did, we didn't really mention it sense. either. There was a battle royal. All th- it was Tyler Breeze, Sami Zayn, and uh, Tyson Kidd. They all they got eliminated all at the same time at the end. That's what kind of led to some of this happening. Tyson ended up winning a three-way match, getting the match uh, at TakeOver. And then the other two had a, a number one contenders match, which all kind of led to this. And Sami never really got his number one contenders match. So that's what kind of it's, – it's fueling that. We know what we're going to get. We're rolling into that. And, um, of course, you know, Finn Balor's about to debut – Kevin Owens yep. is about to debut. Uh, the brand is about to take off. Ne- the following, you know, Brooklyn in August, they're going to be on the road. It's the first takeover, not at full sell. So uh, yep. and to put a pin in it, NXT was fucking awesome. Um, you can still find some gems on NXT now. It's just, it's it's not the same. And I don't think it ever will be the same of, of what it was. And um, I hold it dear to my heart. Well, it's more, de- more developmental now than it was, but I, I kind of think we may be getting a little bit more of a mixture down the road. I feel like they're going to have to. They're going to have an established star come in or something to wrestle Braun Breaker because you don't have anybody to go against him right now. He's beat everybody. So if you want to start rebuilding NXT now, you're going to have to start pulling some indie guys in to work there. And I know people, I mean, Jay White, is main roster bound, but that would be a big shakeup if they did something like that. Or if Andrade came back or, or something of that nature, which I don't think Andrade is the, lo- the answer in the long term, but it would be a, it'd be somebody coming back from the past to, yeah. to do something. So, man, onward and upward. It is time for the Will of Destiny, Travis. Uh, of course, guys, if you never listened to the podcast, uh, we have uh, a way of picking these matches. We have over 200, I can tell you exactly right now, 241 matches on our list. Uh, this spans over the we last didn't, four We years. didn't add any this week. We did not. <laughs> we did not. Uh, we have uh, WWE, WWF, WCW, NWA, TNA, Ring of Honor, AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, um, the, uh, NGW, the local show I'm involved with. Uh, it, it's a little bit of everything over the last 40 years. So what we do is we take our list that we keep adding on to, we put it into a randomizer, the will of names, or as we call it, the will of destiny. And it, we shuffle it and spin it. So it's at random. So we don't know what the match is going to be until we do this. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Travis, what do you think we're going to get this week? I think we're going to get um, an ROH match. I think we're going to go ROH this week. I'm going to go early WCW. Good choice either way. It's not a bad choice on the wheel. Ooh, that's the thing. This this one's an interesting one because it's not too far from this time period. It's a WWE match: Dean Ambrose versus Triple H from Roadblock 2016. I think that's a me match. It uh, is a you match. Dean Ambrose has said that his his favorite WWE match because it feels like an old school wrestling match. Um, and him and Triple, I remember watching that match live because it's like a one off pay per view, like on the way to WrestleMania. And I think, I yeah, believe because. Doesn't doesn't Triple the, H is a champ? Yeah, he won the Rumble, but doesn't the Revival versus um, Enzo and Cass on that show too mm-hmm. from NXT? Yep, because yeah, and it's Brock. Because uh, Ambrose goes on to wrestle Brock at Mania, if I'm not badly fooled. But um, but yeah, Dean Ambrose always talked about how this is like his favorite match. Sorry, John Moxley, whatever you want to say. Shout out to the guys of there uh, at Bleeding John. Uh, he did not bleed on Rampage last week, but. Gotta know it's coming, guys. You gotta know it's coming. But uh, looking forward to that. I have not watched that match in a long time, so it'd be nice to go back and revisit that. You're not going to have a lot of Moxley matches on our uh, list either, because Moxley is usually not my uh, cup of tea, as you might would say. Yeah, 
<laughs> so Travis, let's uh let's end this episode here, man. What you got for me? Uh not much, man. Just hanging uh hanging out over there on eBay with the TGL the Man 12, selling stuff over there, putting up put up some more Power Ranger stuff today and last night. Uh we got the toy show coming up March 4th, which is only a couple weeks away, really. Um maybe we could sell some uh some of our wares and stuff there, promote the pod a little bit. And uh you follow me over there on the Twitter at Travis Lasseter, where I just randomly tweet things and and uh, of that nature. And I have a podcast coming up with the Wrestle Purists, actually recording it tomorrow night for Against All Odds 2010. Just finished watching that show last night. Not a terrible show, but still has Terry Hulk Hogan Balea's fingerprints all over it. So you know there's some shit-tasticness to it. So be sure to check that out when it drops later this week. And that's about it, man. I'll let you handle the uh, the rest of the stuff. Yeah, guys, follow us at Wrestling Reckham, R-E-C-O-M-M, on Twitter. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook, Wrestling Recommendations. Uh, we usually post all these matches. This match is available on there. I'm going to have it posted. You can watch along there. Uh, check us out on TikTok, guys. TikTok, we were talking about it. I had just during our little uh, commercial break. Everything's changed to wrestling recommendations. So follow us at TikTok on TikTok at wrestling recommendations. Um, definitely check out, keep an eye open for NGW, the show I'm involved with. Uh, we're going to be popping up here soon. Uh, we had to change some dates around just because of some uh, venue issues. Um, but be on the lookout at next gen TN on all social media platforms. But until next also, week. Also, shout out to Jim Ross. Always taking care of our podcast. Always oh, yeah. Jim Ross always stuff. retweeting. We appreciate that shit, Jim. Um, yep. But until next time, guys, uh, I am Eddie, and this is Travis, and we will see you next week.